quality people. For those that are new here, my name is Kenya, the host of the Faith and Beyond show. This show is all about talking with people about their testimonies and how they operate as Christians in this world. Please give a warm welcome to Rachel, the host of the Beautifully Surrendered podcast, to this episode of Faith and Beyond. Hi, thanks Hi. so much for having me, Kenya. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. How are you? You're welcome. I'm good. We just got back from a little trip, so I was like working on getting Enid, my son, he's seven months old, fed and changed, and then I quickly ran to go get ready while he was like playing at my feet. So I'm good. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so. Before we get into your testimony, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your podcast? Yeah. So my name is Rachel. Like Kenya said, I'm a wife and a mom. So me and my husband have been married for almost two years now. Uh, we live in Oklahoma. We have a baby. His name is Enid. He's seven months old. I love to write. And I'm adding like speaking to like probably a couple years ago, I would not have said that, but it's one thing I feel called to do. So writing and speaking, um, I do have a podcast called the Beautifully Surrendered Podcast. I was kind of taking a pause just because becoming a mom is a lot and I realized there was a lot of things I had to work on. So I'm on a break, but hopefully in January, I will continue with it. Um, yeah, I love to write, speak, um, and read books in my free time and work out. So that's a little bit about me. Nice. I love it. Now, yeah. on that note, let's get into your testimony. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so we're just going to get into Rachel's testimony, and she's going to share her journey to faith and why she surrendered to Jesus. Yeah, so I was raised in a Christian home all my life, but you know, as a lot of people say, I feel like I was just like going through the motions. Um, but then my sophomore year of high school, I found the Lord. Um, so basically, I remember in my high school, you had to take like one year of athletics or PE, Especially at the time, I was not athletic, so I was like, I'm doing PE, like, the easiest route. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, we didn't have to do that much for some reason. Like, when we weren't doing anything, like, we would sit in these bleachers and, like, chat and hang out. But I didn't really have many friends in that class, especially. And so I don't remember, like, what, like, sparked it, but all of a sudden... I found, you know, I had all this, like, 45 minutes of free time. So I found myself journaling and getting into the Bible. And I just, like, fell with it. Like, it was the only thing I wanted to do. And I, like, remember, like, a specific moment, like, sitting in those bleachers. And I was like, I'm called to ministry. And, of course, I didn't know, like, what that looked like. And half the time, I still kind of don't. But that basically is, like, how I found Jesus and I've gone through like so many moments in my life where the Lord has really asked me to trust him and I feel like a big part of my testimony is learning to trust him 
and just continuing that and we'll get into like walking by faith so that's like a big theme of my life yeah yeah and just just curious how old are you yeah okay. i'm 23 so i'll be 24 in february yeah how old are you i am 25 but okay cool yeah, that's really cool because i yeah. think a lot of people especially nowadays tend to find or dedicate their lives to jesus later on like for me mm-hmm. i was like 21 but it was really cool. Yeah. It's really cool that you were able to find him much earlier. Um, yeah. And I'm sure that helps like sift out a bunch of unnecessary things that you could have experienced if you didn't. Oh, so definitely. Really cool. Oh, I know. I'm so thankful. You know, I feel like sometimes, like, I, I mean, my testimony is so powerful. I think sometimes people feel like, like me, like, oh, you're raised in church all your life. And then you finally, like, you know, find the Lord. And I feel like some people think that's still not a testimony, but it still is. I mean, yeah. the Lord says that there's power in our testimony. So. Yeah, 100%. And like the fact yeah. that he like came to you, even though you were, you know, sitting alone. Like, I think that's yeah when he really shows himself like in times of loneliness and not being oh, around. Definitely. Oh yeah. yeah, it was really, it was really cool. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, yeah. on that note, let's take a sip and move on to the next topic. Cool. You know that was fire. If you want to see some more fire content, then go ahead and subscribe. And while you're down there, go ahead and like this video. Now back to the action. Walking by faith. This is super important. So, uh, Rachel. Yeah loves talking about this topic mm-hmm. rachel why do you walk by faith and what's the point in walking by faith oh so good so i walk by faith because i want to be obedient like to what the lord is calling me to do and like what the lord has called me and my husband to do because i feel like in our obedience you know he bless the lord blesses that And already, I feel like there's been, like, so many times where my husband and I have been called to take a step in something, and we have no idea what that looks like. I feel like I could tell you so many stories, even just, like, this year of what the Lord has asked us to do, and we don't know, like, what it's going to look like, but we just do it, and then later we see, like, oh my gosh, that's, like, totally why the Lord asked us to do this. Like, you see little puzzle pieces and then later you see them all come together uh, but the point of walking by faith oh well, is before get, one sorry one, sorry one second before we get into what's the point can you give us an example yeah. of um, oh yeah y'all walking by faith okay this is this is a good one um so we live in a really small town in oklahoma and you know, really, like, if we could be, like, in our flesh, like, we would not live here. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what people's views on this are, but in this small town, there are so many grow houses, and it's really sad. Like, all of these old buildings downtown are just, like, the Chinese have come in, and they buy them for, like, really, I guess, really expensive. They pay cash for them. I've heard and that. they grow weed. Yeah, they grow weed 
out of these buildings. And like, there's so many. I'm like, is there still a market for this? I mean, obviously, I'm not into that, obviously. But you like walk downtown or drive downtown and you smell the weed like it's so strong. But um, yeah, so me and my husband feel called to this small town. Yeah, in our flesh, we would not want to do this. So I feel like our past two years of marriage, we've been like going back and forth because we lived in Tulsa and then now we live in this small town. So the craziest part. So we're like entrepreneurs at heart. Like we just love it. We love yeah. doing multiple things. I remember like asking the Lord, like, Lord, I want a man who does a lot of things. And he told us to fill that. <laughs> um, and so... And this is also weird. So my husband, my husband has his own small business. Okay, I have examples. Perfect. He sells old photos in like old paper. So I have an example here because he is a sale, live sale later. But it's like this is a train. So this is I don't know if you can tell really. But like he sells old photos, and in July, um, the Lord felt like he. The Lord was like, Andrew, I want you to cash out. And he was like, uh, sell my entire stock of what I've got. And I did not know this was a thing. Let's just pause there. Like, I did not know this was a thing, but apparently yeah. it is. Um, and the Lord's like, Andrew, I want you to cash out, sell all your stock. And he slept on it in the morning. He told me and I was like, okay. I kind of feel I feel that in a big way and we'll probably get into this later but a big way that we feel the Lord's like confirmation through his peace if we feel peace about it and I felt peace about it so I was like okay so we're gonna do that and within 24 hours so he had reached out to multiple people and within 24 hours he had a buyer for all of these like old photos which is crazy oh, nice. I still like and baffled i'm like how is this like our living it's really <laughs> weird but within two four hours he had a buyer fly out from pennsylvania to oklahoma and then he drove it all back um oh, wow. and so after that we were just like i don't know what that was but we did it and like i won't say the amount but it was enough like almost exactly enough to pay off my student loans um, which, so that's like a huge testimony in itself. Yeah, we just had like awesome. no idea. And can time and time again, the Lord has just been providing in different ways. So that's just like one example. Yeah, that really shows like what happens when we're obedient to God. Everything oh, just definitely. Lines up yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And then you so, want me to get into like what we're, why we're called to? Um, walk by faith? yeah like what's what's the point in walking in faith yeah i feel like uh the lord has called us to do this uh i mean in the bible there's so many stories of the lord asking people to do random weird things and i think it's really meant to tr like stretch us and i think really the point is for us to learn how to trust the Lord. Um, that's been like a huge thing in my life. Like there was like getting into college was a huge testimony for me. Like mm -hmm. 
I was okay in high school, but, you know, I applied to my dream school, which was Oral Roberts University. I oh, nice. Applied, that was, yeah, so that was the only school I applied to, and because I had a lot of family go there, and so mm-hmm. I applied there, and, like, I didn't know I was going to get in, and I got in, and then the Lord provided for me to go, and so I feel like walking by faith is a huge trusting exercise the lord's like hey i want you to trust him and like he knows what the outcome is going to be he just wants to see if we're going to take a step of obedience so i think that's a huge part of learning just learning to trust him and know that he knows all things and he's going in front of us and he's going behind us and so yeah yeah that's good stuff and i yeah. think I think another thing, like the point of walking by faith, I think another thing, uh, it provides us hope also. Mm, yeah, it's good. Like, um, if anything, you know, if something hard is going on, you walk by faith, you put your trust in the Lord, there's hope that also comes along with that. So, yeah. Oh, definitely. That's good. Um, okay. So what would you say is the hardest part about walking by faith? I I feel like the hardest part about walking by faith is doing it and being like, okay, Lord, are you really asking me? I feel like doubt can kind of creep in. And sometimes it can be things that would not like normally be practical. Um, so I think it's the doubt, like, Lord, am I doing what you're supposed to be doing? Because I also like to think of like walking by faith. It's like you're walking with a blindfold on, you know, you can't mm-hmm. see anything. It's kind of like you're blind, but you're just walking. But really, the Lord is with you. You just can't see his whole entire picture. So I think just that doubt can creep in and the enemy can come in and be like, are you sure you're doing this? Like, you really shouldn't be doing this. And so I think that is one hard thing about walking by faith. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that, too, because sometimes you're just like, okay, are you sure, God? Are you sure I'm supposed to yeah. this way? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So how do you catch yourself if you notice you're acting on fear rather than on faith? Yeah. I think I realize, like, I'm worrying so much. And, like, I'm a person who sometimes, from time to time, struggle with anxiety. And so I feel like if I'm just, like, it's coming up and I'm just worrying and worrying worrying. I feel like I, I, I'm aware of my anxiety. Like I tell, I have a counselor. So I tell her like, I'm aware, I'm a, I'm aware of my, like what I'm thinking and everything. And so I kind of just pause and we go back to like me and my husband, we go back to, do we have peace about what we're doing or the situation or like, my husband always asks me, Rachel, like about anything, like, Rachel, what do you feel in your spirit? And I'm like, okay, I feel peace. Like even just like moving into the small town, I feel so much peace. I remember one day we drove back here. It's like a two hour drive from Tulsa. And so we drove back here and it's like, honestly, a town like probably most people wouldn't want to live in. It's a small town. And we just had, like, so much peace. And we were kind of like, that's kind of annoying, but I know we're supposed to be here, so. (laughs) Yeah, I can relate to that because even, 
like after college, I came back to my hometown and yeah. I did not want to do it at all. But now that yeah. I'm here, it's just like everything just, just perfect. Like everything's just perfect. Yeah. So, and just clicks into place. I love that. Yeah. It's wild. All right. On that note, let's take a sip and move on to the next topic. All right. So uh, you mentioned that you have embarked on a new journey of taking a class on speaking. What made you decide to move forward with that? Uh, that's so good. So good question. Um, so really, so I was a communication major in college and technically like I'm an introvert at heart and I feel like you know, I've always felt called to write and especially speak. Um, and I've been trying to like build up my confidence in that. And again, like starting my podcast. Um, so that was like a big step for me. But, you know, I really, I was trying to be confident in myself and I was not feeling confident. I feel like I was at my all time low. I remember like me and my husband were on a trip. And a girl that I listened to that also had on my podcast a while back, she had someone on her podcast that I follow on Instagram. I really looked up to. She had like a good amount of followers. And I just thought, oh my gosh, if I was to interview her, I would be embarrassed. Like, I was like, my interviewing skills are not great. Like, this girl is a top notch podcaster. And I just do not feel equipped. Like, I just didn't feel equipped and so one day we're in the car I think we were driving back from the place where we went on our road trip and we were just me and my husband were just chatting it up and I was telling him this like I'm Andrew like I'm just not feeling confident in myself and we had this great like holy spirit moment and he was like, you know, Rachel, I could be wrong. So he was like, tell me if I'm wrong. Um, but he was like, I feel like the Lord is saying, like, you have your content down. Like, you have the writing down. You just need to be confident in speaking. And until you're confident in speaking, the Lord's not going to give you the platform that you want. And I was like, oh, man, I feel convicted right now. <laughs> and he was like, I just feel like you need to practice speaking. and like. And he's, I feel like he's great at speaking. Like you could give him a topic and he could just come up with it on the fly and he'd be, he'd be great. But me, I Yeah, that's like how I Josh just, is too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I just need a little bit of work and that's like totally fine. And so I just feel like, okay, I know I need to be practicing and preparing because the Lord, you know, eventually like may throw me an opportunity, like having someone on my podcast and then. And it's like, oh, but I'm not ready. So I want to be ready for whatever opportunity is rise. So how I got into that. So there's this girl on Instagram called Christy Rye. I don't know if any of your followers know who she is. Um, but she was part of, like, Dave Ramsey. And she really felt, I mean, her testimony is, like, a big, big thing on walking on pit, too. She, like, she felt like she was supposed to leave her job with Dave Ramsey. And she was, like, in the height of her career last year and she was speaking she was so confident in her speaking and like last year she launched a book and all this stuff and a few months later after her book launch the lord was like christy 
want you to leave Ramsey Solutions, which is scary because, like, leaving your job, like, mm-hmm. that's scary in itself. And so, basically, there was, like, Christy, I, I don't want you to do anything for three months. And she's like, that's hard for me. Like, I'm a doer. And, like, my husband is that way, too. Like, he wants to do things. He's a visionary. He wants to see them happen. Um, And then I guess one day she woke up after the three months was over. And she didn't know when the three months were going to be over. And she woke up at, like, 6 a.m. And the Lord's like, Christy, I want you to train speakers. And there's people I'm calling to speak, but they don't know how to speak. And so I want you, I want you to teach them. And so she is basically like launching a whole new career and she's training speakers and I follow her through this. I just feel like on my heart, like I needed to follow her and keep seeing what she was doing. And so I remember she did like an Instagram live video and saying what she's doing now. And she's like, I have coaching. And she's like, and I'm launching this course. And it sounded really good. And then she's like, but it's going to be $1,200. And I was like, I just felt like I wanted to do it. But I'm not going to ask. I like I don't ask for a lot of things. And so, like, I'm not going to ask my husband if I could get this. So I could see the, like, wheels in his brain turning. But yeah. we didn't do anything. We just left it at that. And then, like, a week later... We go on a date night, and he was like, I have a present for you. He was like, it's not wrapped up, um, but this is, like, your Christmas and birthday present, like, all in one. And he was like, I want to gift you the Christy Wright course. So oh, nice. That's basically yes. how, yeah. So that's basically how I ended up. I just want to be confident in myself and my speaking. And so, like, when opportunities and things arise in the future like five ten years down the road i'll be ready and prepared and like know how to speak yeah i love that also it sounds like you have a super supportive husband like um, oh definitely i i'm so thankful yeah um just to get off course a little bit um can you tell us a little bit about like how you guys met and stuff oh my gosh yes okay i love this story um, so we met, our whole relationship is fast paced, but I feel like that's just how we worked. So we met in 2020, you know, the height of COVID and everything. So I was interning at my church at the time. I had been going there a couple of years, like in college in Tulsa and so we're using Tulsa, if anyone doesn't know. Um, and this internship literally just like fell in my lap. I remember I didn't have to like do any application or anything. They're like, yeah, you can intern if you want. And there was like, I think two or three other people interning with me. And, you know, and then COVID, you know, happens. And then I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to still do it. Cause it was like from May to beginning of August. And I was like, I don't know if I'm still going to be able to do this. I was still able to do it, and so I drive down, or actually, let's back up. So two weeks before I go back to Tulsa, I'm from Texas, so I was at my parents' house in Texas, and I was in the shower, oddly enough, and I was kind of like praying, just thinking, and I felt like the Lord was like, Rachel, you really need to 
pray for your future husband. And it felt like urgent and like pressing. Like you need to pray for him now. And so I was like, okay, I don't know. And like, I remember like getting out of the shower and I was talking to my sister. I have one sister. And I was like, I feel like I might be in a relationship next year, but I don't know. And to add, I've never been in a relationship before this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is, I don't know. And so, you know, I go to Tulsa at our internship stars and there's Andrew. So he's two years older than me and he was working at this church at the time. He was on staff. So he did like missions and outreach stuff and then he did like tech stuff, like AV, all that sound, all of that. And so, so there's two other girls that were interning with me. They're a little bit younger than me, but it was like totally fine. Like we clicked. Uh, right after that, I remember like he was just always there. Like if we were in a group, and I remember like a week into this, I told the girls, I was like, yeah, like before I came, like this is what I felt. But, like I don't know if that was just me. And they're like, oh my gosh, you're totally gonna marry him. And they're like, you have to send us wedding invites. So I was like, y'all chill. Like we don't even know. And um. Yeah, and so his side of the story is, like, really cool, too, but I'll keep it brief. But, like, I feel like the Lord, like, really hinted at him, like, hey, she's coming and stuff. And that apparently he says that, like, the first day he shows up and, like, we're there. I think we were, like, we were hanging out food. We were doing, like, a food outreach. And he just walked up. And he was like, oh, that's my wife. So our story is really cool. I love it. <laughs> Oh, that's super cute. Yeah. yeah you, you, guys sound, you guys sound great. Hashtag goals. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So with the course, what has your experience yeah. been like so far? Are you noticing any improvements? It's been, yeah, it's been really good. So I guess technically I've been in like four sessions. So like it's every Tuesday at 12 Central um she had like an intro and then since I signed up on the first day I got a bonus lesson and it was like how to get speaking gigs which I feel like I'm not at that level yet um but it's great that I got that information um it's been really good so the first session was like how to write a talk and she like gave us like downloadable stuff it was very helpful like where, what to put where and everything. And then this past week was uh, like, what order you speak it in. And so I feel like I'm learning so much. And she always like advises us, like when we're giving a talk, like definitely if it's like inspiring, even if it's inspiring, like give like three practical steps at the end for the audience to follow. Cause like they're inspired. They're like, Yes, and you help in whatever area, and they just want like advice, like where do I go from here? And she's like, I've been listening to so many like inspirational people, and they give talks. And I'm like, yes, I'm hungry for this information, but then they don't give like any practical advice, like what to do. They don't give pointers, and mm -hmm. so it's been really good. I feel like I'm learning a lot, and like we she really talks about stories and obviously like we've told like some stories and yeah. this and stories like grab your audience's attention 
I know also she's going to be talking about humor to add humor in your talks, which I need because I feel like I'm not a funny person. Um, so I know I can definitely like need that will help me in that area. So I feel like I'm learning a lot so far. So and she has like a community kind of it's kind of like college where you have like discussion posts. We have those, but it's like way better because it's not. Yeah, perfect. way better. So it's like a, yeah. I feel like I'm learning a lot. Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait yeah. to like hear hear your improvements and everything when you're Oh, I know. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so how do you think this investment has helped with where God is calling you? Yeah, I feel like it's definitely going to help. Um, I mean, I feel like, I mean, I'm a writer. I, I feel like I just like a lot of times just write so much stuff down. I don't know where to put things like how much is too much and so I feel like this is really going to help me because even just in these first two lessons like I know like how to write it what like having transition sentences and yeah I just I feel like it's going to help me a lot I feel like I'm going to be confident because he's like most people like they don't know how to speak because they don't know how to organize their content and so mm -hmm feel like I'm going to know, like, how specifically to write these talks and how to give them and everything. And so I feel like it's going to help so much. I feel like it's just me, like, the catalyst of for the future. So, yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. Cause, especially because yeah. I am also, like, trying to learn more about, like, speaking and journalism and yeah. media, mm -hmm. media training and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So I definitely mm -hmm. relate to all the stuff that you're talking yes. about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. On, on that note, let's take a sip and move on to the next topic. Okay. Let's move on to the topic of motherhood. We have another yes. mother on the show. We love the mothers. Yes. <laughs> So can you tell us a little bit about your birth story and how it's been being a mother these last seven months? Oh, yes, definitely. And I know, okay, buckle up because I have a wild story. My birth, <laughs> the actual birth was great, but it was after. Okay, so my birth, the birth, actual birth <laughs> went really well. So I, so you hear like all these stories of like, Having an epidural, not having an epidural, having a home birth, giving in the hospital. Well, I hate pain. And once, <laughs> like, when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, I'm going to get that epidural. Like, I already know. <laughs> um, so, I was like, yeah, I definitely, like, want to give birth in the hospital and everything. And so, I basically was full term. I was, like, 40 weeks and two days. And so, I got induced. I know everyone has different opinions on it, but we had a lot of peace about me getting induced. And even, like, like my mother-in-law was like, are you sure you want to do that? And so we just felt like peace about it. We're like, hey, I'm going to get induced. So I remember I went in. So he was born March 17th. So we went in the day before at 5 p.m. It was a Wednesday. And so basically, <laughs> we're getting into all the details. So. First, they have to like soften your cervix. And so they had to give me a medicine that would soften my cervix. I think I was already dilated to like one centimeter. And the nurse 
I was so I was there of the night. So she would give it like three doses, like every four hours. And so she gave me the first dose, and I was like, fine. I was like, okay, this feels like period cramps, like my own period cramps, like I'm good. And then she gave me the second dose, and I don't think this medicine is really supposed to like create contractions. Like you have pitocin that will create contractions, and they were gonna give that to me in the morning. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, this medicine was giving me like these crazy contractions and I was in so much pain. I feel like my husband Andrew felt so bad for me. And they're like, rest, because like sleep, rest, because like you're going to have a hard day tomorrow. And I was in so much pain, like I literally could not sleep. And the nurse came in and gave me the third dose. I think, if I remember. And I really just, like, wanted the epidural. But for some reason, in my mind, I felt like, oh, I need to wait till the, I need to take it out till the morning and then get it in the morning. Um, I think it's, at this point, it's, like, 4 a.m. And there's, I don't know what it's called. I don't know what all these medicines are called. <laughs> uh, but there's a medicine, like, pain relief, but it kind of just, like, takes the edge off. and to give a backstory like i've never drank so i don't know what being drunk feels like and Mm -hmm. as she's like i was like yeah i'll take the this pain medicine and then go from there Mm -hmm. and as she's inserting it like into my iv she's like it's gonna feel like you're drunk and i was like great i've never (laughs) felt like that before (laughs) and so like like i felt like i opened my eyes and the room was spinning and so I just closed my eyes. It helped for literally five minutes. And then after that, I was still in pain. Oh, but I still like, felt like the room was spinning. And so I just like, yeah, I know. So I just kept my eyes closed. And eventually it wore off. I felt a little loopy. But I still, it was, it was really weird. And I was like, never again. So I know now for the future, like when I have another baby, I'm definitely not getting that. And so I told her, I remember. I was like, I definitely want that epidural. And it was like getting to 6 a.m. And then also you have to like go through a bag of fluids. I don't know all the science behind it. But you have to go through a bag of fluids before you can get an epidural. So I did that. And I think I remember telling her like, hey, I'm in a lot of pain. And I think she was like, I think because I had been on my side. And she was like, oh, just like switch your position or whatever. And that obviously, like, wasn't working. And so I remember the guy, the anesthesiologist, came in. And also, they tell your husband or partner or whoever is in there with you to leave the room. And I think while you get that, I think it's because they will. What? Uh, You're sounding um, a little, like, muffled a little bit. You hear me? Hello, testing, testing. Not to me. Oh, okay, okay, keep going. Continue, okay. So when you're getting the epidural, they tell your partner or husband or whoever's with with you to leave the room, and I'm pretty sure it's because they would probably faint because it's just not a pretty sight. Um, So... I'm, like, bending over because you have to bend over. I'm, like, hugging my nurse. And she's looking at the contraction tracker. She's, like, yeah, you're having contractions, like, every minute or two. And I was, 
yeah, I told you. Um, so I get the epidural, and for me, it was magic. Like, I wasn't in any pain anymore. I could finally sleep. And I, the new nurse came in, because it was, like, 7 a.m. at this point. Mm-hmm. And she, like, introduced herself. And I was able to sleep, and at some point, my doctor came in and broke my water, and I was at three centimeters. Like, I've heard some induction stories, like, take so long, but my birth went really fast. And so, I progressed, like, a like I progressed, like, really fast. And so, she came in at, like, seven and introduced herself. I was part of three, and like I said, my doctor came in and broke my water. And at, like, 11.30, I was feeling pressure down there. And, like, it kind of feels like you have to go to the bathroom. But it's just, like, obviously, like, way more intense. Mm-hmm. And so um, I told her. And so I did, like, practice pushes with her. And, like, I'm introverted. And so, and I'm a peacemaker. Yes. And now I learned my lesson to, like, call them when you need something. Because that's, obviously that's what they're there for. But I don't feel pressure down there. And then no one would be in there. And feel bad for calling them. And Andrew's like, <laughs> babe. That's what they're there for. And so I finally, like, got over that. And so now, especially, I've gotten over that. But my nurse came in, and, like, she did practice pushes with me. And I was basically almost at 10 centimeters. And I've heard stories of women pushing for, like, hours and hours, especially if it's their first baby. But I, I guess I was just determined to get him out. No, because, <laughs> yeah, I pushed, like several times with my nurse and then they're waiting on my doctor to come and um I think they they told me I pushed him out in two pushes with my doctor so she wasn't even there for that long and I pushed him out in 30 minutes wow which also to note he was he was almost nine pounds so I don't know how I did that (laughs) and they were amazed like this is your first baby? Yeah. So I pushed him out in 30 minutes. and wow. That's crazy. Yeah, that's I, my birthday. That's something I keep hearing is like being able to push their baby out in like two pushes. Like that. that's what yeah. I prefer. Whenever I know. it's time for me to push out my baby, I want like two oh, pushes definitely. and done. <laughs> definitely. And like I definitely like pushed for longer, but it was like with my nurse. And when my doctor came, it was... Two pushes, apparently. But, no, being a mom has been so good. I'm going to tell, like, one last story mm-hmm. for this question. But I had a really hard time, like, starting off. I, I was just, like, obviously you're tired because you have a newborn. But I was just so tired and just felt foggy and off. I was feeling pains down there. Um, and okay, so one night I was like four days postpartum. I was kind of feeling like shivery, like you having a fever, and I kind of just ignored it. I was on pain medicine, um, and so that was like breaking my fevers. Like in the morning, I felt fine. I was like, I'm just tired, and then that night, and we kept an eye on it and like told a doctor, an OB that was on call. They're like, just keep an eye on it, and if it, if you get your fever again and it goes up, like one of four, whatever, go to ER. <laughs> and so, we had my 
father-in-law come over that night to watch our baby so we could get some sleep. And that was like a major God thing because I don't know what we would have done. So I'm five days postpartum. I go to sleep and I wake up. And also at first we thought I had like a virus or a cold or something. And so my husband was sleeping in another room just to be safe, you know. And so I wake up at like 1 a.m. I'm so hot at this point. I'm shivering. I know I'm like, I know I have a fever. And I remember I had to go to the bathroom. And I was so like hot and cold that I was like, if I get up right now, like I'm going to fall over. So I called my husband. He wakes up immediately, like, praise God. And I was like, Andrew, like, I have to go to the bathroom, but like, I'm going to fall over. So he goes to the bathroom and I sit down after that, and he takes my temperature, and it's 104. So, obviously, he calls, and yeah. he already, like, made up his mind. Like, I'm taking you to the ER. And then I felt, like, super nauseous, and I was like, I'm literally about to throw up right now. And I got sick. I was out, got that over with, unfortunately. And then he took my temperature again. It shot up to 107. Like, I have never known anyone that has had that high of a fever. So, obviously, it was so serious. So, my father-in-law was there taking care of our baby, which is, like, a lifesaver. And so, he takes me to the hospital. It's, like, 3 a.m. at this point. And I, for some reason, was like, oh, we're going to have to wait a long time. No, like, we got there. I told them what was going on. And within, like, a minute or two, they called me back. And... Yeah, so we finally, like, got a room in the ER. They gave me fluids and some antibiotics. And basically, to sum sum it up, I was there, like, all day. My fever, like, was going down. It's like, 101, 102, 101, 102. And then, um, let's see. Oh, and then my heart rate was, like, resting was, like, 130s to 150s. It was crazy. I think it was because I was so, yeah, it was so bad. I think it was because I was really hot. And I feel like they were really taking it seriously. And they, like, obviously kept checking in on me. And they kept giving me fluids and everything. But basically, since I was five days postpartum, they're like, we're going to put you on the labor and delivery floor on the postpartum part of the floor. Because after you have your baby, they, like, move you to another room on the postpartum mm-hmm. part of the floor. So, like, we're going to move you to the postpartum part of the floor. And they're waiting on a room, and apparently there was no rooms, and so many women were in labor, and I was like, well, I'm glad I already have my baby, and <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, so we finally, at like three, four in the afternoon, they're like, we find you a room, so they moved me to the room, and I was there for like an hour or two, and we told the girl, I was checking my vitals, we were like, her fever has been up and down, like, all day. And she comes in. It's, like, probably 7 o'clock. It was, like, the night shift now. So the girl comes in and tells her. And she checks my fever. It's shot up to almost 107 again. I think it was, like, 106.9 or something. She freaks out. And then all of a sudden, there's, like, Andrew counted. There was, like, 15 people in the room that brought in a crash cart. Oh, geez. I was like, you see this on, like, Grey's Anatomy and stuff. Yeah. I was kind of freaking out. Um, and so 
They basically felt like they, like, dunked me in ice. They put so many cold rags and ice packs and ice all over me and, like, gave me more medicine to bring down the fever and gave me more fluids and everything. And an ICU doctor, like, introduces herself. And she was like, we're going to go take you to get a CT scan, which I never had that done before. And then she's like, and after that, we're going to take you to a floor that's a step below ICU. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And obviously, you know, I was out of it, but I was, like, anxious the entire time. And the nurse that had t- checked my temperature, she was like, let me know if you feel like you're about to have a seizure. And actually, my mom has <sighs> epilepsy. So I've uh-huh. seen seizures. And I was like, oh, my gosh, freaking out. But obviously, I did not have seizures. So that was great. That's good. Um, yeah. They take me to go get a CT scan. They take me to the floor. And I just, like, felt so bad. Like, the other, we were just, like, me and Andrew were kind of, like, laughing at my situation because they're, like, moving me to this floor. And there's, like, all these old men, like, struggling. Seems like they're connected to all these things and, like, hanging by a thread. I remember we were in our room and this other nurse in another room is yelling at this old man, like, tell me what your name is. Where are you? And we're like, what is our life? So anyways, to sum it up, I was there for a couple of days. They gave me fluids and a really strong IV antibiotic. Basically, mm-hmm. what was wrong with me is I had a UTI that turned into a kidney infection because my uterus is still really enlarged and it was pressing against my right kidney and it almost turned into sepsis jeez happened to me and then eventually i got moved to the postpartum floor and then i was able to go home so i was there for like five days yeah it was crazy so i had a very rough start to postpartum life but no but being a mom so did all that happen from uh giving birth was so that the cause of it? I think I I think I already had a UTI like before I gave birth. Gotcha. And it just probably like progressed. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like that's partly why we felt such peace about getting induced because we were like, what would have happened if I was still pregnant and I had that high of a fever? Like we were talking to a friend later, and she had a friend that had, like, a really high fever like that, and her baby, she was still pregnant, and, like, her baby died. And so I'm, like, I can't imagine, like, what would have happened. So I think I already had it. I've learned now postpartum. I think my body is just prone to UTIs. It's really annoying. But, yeah, I think it was already, like, I had it, like, before it gave birth. It just got worse. But... Yeah, that was really long-winded, but that was, like, my whole start to my postpartum journey. It was really rough. Um, I think, like, I knew, like, you don't sleep, but I, and I love sleep. I'm someone, I love 28 hours of sleep, like, I'm, yeah, like, I'm a grandma, like, I remember, like, I loved being all cozy in bed and everything, and then I, like, quickly realized that you don't really sleep that much when they're a newborn. Um, and so I I think I had a hard start, but I am loving being a mom now. So I basically, I exclusively pumped for four months and that was very rough on me. I feel like because of my, the hospital, it just like wrecked like breastfeeding. And so 
I pumped exclusively for four months and my mental health was going down the drain and I was like, I love Enid. I love providing milk for him, but I just can't do this anymore. So I decided at four months to stop and weaning was not hard because I feel like my supply was just already dropping. And so I stopped and my mental health like was way better. We're doing so good right now. Enid is seven months. It's been so fun to like see all the milestones that he's hitting. Like right now, he's saying mama, which is so cute. Um, he still doesn't completely sleep through the night, but he'll wake up like one time on a really good night. So mm-hmm. being a mom, it's so fun. There are hard moments. I definitely did have hard moments, but it's all good. Um, yeah, like I said, he's saying mama. He's rolling over. He's starting to crawl, which is crazy. I can't believe it. But being a mom is the best. And I love that, like, it's such, it's, like, such a sweet, like, challenge. Like, I, me and my husband are responsible for for teaching him about Jesus and all of that. And so I'm just excited to teach him about the Lord and see how he grows. And so, yeah, I am currently loving motherhood. He's eating oh. solids. He loves food, by the way. Like, I hope he stays that way as a toddler because I heard toddlers are picky eaters. But, no, motherhood is really good. That's awesome. It looks good on you, too. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and any advice for women who may fear the idea of being a mother or feel like they aren't equipped to handle it? Yeah, that's such a good question. I feel like I've heard before, like, some women are like, oh, I'm not ready to have kids, or I'll be ready in, like, a year or two years. And honestly, I feel like you just have to jump into it. And obviously, we weren't planning to have a baby, um, like, right off the bat. But you sh- you have to jump in. And I feel like, obviously, for different seasons of our lives, the Lord equips us to help us to handle what life throws at us and i feel like something that the lord is really teaging me that he is he's i mean you know he's in front of me he's behind me he's equipping for everything that i need to take care of enid i remember and so the lord will equip you and he'll equip your listeners if they want to you know become moms one day and it is hard but it is so good i remember one night I was rocking Ina to sleep, and he fell asleep, and I was going to put him in his crib. And, and just in a moment, the Lord's like, I've been with you every day so far, and I'm going to continue to be with you every single day and help you face Enid. And so I feel like that's one big takeaway that I can give your listeners is that the Lord will equip them. And even if it doesn't feel that way like he's always there and he's always going to guide you into all the decisions that you have to make as a mom